Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leaders. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of the Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. Here we are. Thank you, everyone. We are on board. We are in the studio. Stacy is here with me, and we are ready to get started on this edition of The Bible Live. We've got a pretty full show planned for this evening. Uh, just really glad you're along with us. We've got a couple of poems we're going to try to introduce you to. We've got a, a special song that... Uh, Yours truly wrote some uh, something you can use in your uh, oh, in your home, in your Sunday school classes, in your uh, circle of network of relationships. It's a it's a great uh, a great little tune. I know I didn't make the tune up. It actually I borrowed it from uh, a famous old song that you will recognize. I am pretty sure at least. Does everybody know the song? Heart and soul. Well, yeah, that's we all learned how to play the piano with that, right? That's. I think of the movie Big. The yeah, the movie. Yep, there you go. It's the movie Big. It's one of the most basic little tunes, very simple little chord progression, whether guitar or piano, and we've written some new lyrics to it that I hope that you'll enjoy because it it's based on. Probably, uh, uh, well, I would say one of the more one of the most familiar verses uh, in the scriptures, uh, particularly one of the most familiar quotes uh, that we have from Jesus Himself, and it, it, not only familiar but probably important. I would say, wouldn't you say that's one of the more the the lawyer asked Jesus, what is the most, what is the greatest of all the commandments? I mean, wouldn't you say that's a that's a pretty serious <laughs> question? Yeah. <laughs> if you had to, you know, if you had the ear of Jesus and you had the chance to ask him <laughs> <coughs> any question, <clears throat> I guess that lawyer that that young um, scholar. Uh, I guess he, I mean, that was a well thought out question. I mean, of all, now it does show something about him though, doesn't it? He's efficient. (laughs) Yeah. Efficient. Just like a good lawyer has to be. But, but I'm thinking that what is the greatest commandment? Now, I don't know if he was talking about salvation, but, uh, and this is something we're going to talk about tonight, Stacy. on, as we look at the, at the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke, by, by the way, folks, this, yeah, this is soapy dollar. And then my daughter, Stacy is with me and this is the Bible live. And we make our way through the entire Bible every year, Ma- Genesis through revelation, the book of revelation. And, um, 
We started Luke last week, and we're continuing. So this week, we're just in Luke. We're going uh, Luke chapter 8 through the end of Luke 20, verse 44. Yep. Uh, And we finished with Psalms, and we are in Proverbs now for our worship and uh, our worship segment. Now, when we say we started, we finished, uh, you have to know that you can go to our website, thebiblelive.com, and there you find all the podcasts of all of our different programs uh, and, and what they consist of, uh, particularly the podcast, the Bible reading programs. Uh, for 20 years, I've been reading the Bible over the airwaves so that people can hear the Bible itself. Uh, some folks uh, have a hard time reading. Others are reading impaired. Um, sometimes it's just it's just great to hear the scriptures. You, you know, the, the Bible as originally written in the first century was was indeed most of the bible was written to be read aloud that was the very format that was what it was written so that people could uh, read it and then people could hear the scriptures being read and so it, it is a wonderful experience and i want to invite you to go through the bible uh with us this and when stacy says our our reading schedule was if you go to the biblelive.com or biblelive.com you'll find all of the readings from genesis through revelation and you'll find our reading schedule so that you'll be able to follow us if you'd like we uh, as she said we've already uh, we have already read genesis exodus leviticus numbers and deuteronomy and joshua judges and ruth uh, we're ready in the hebrew scriptures the old testament to go to into the books of first and second samuel we'll begin to we'll start covering uh more intently the the historic uh section of the hebrew scriptures first and second samuel first and second kings first and second chronicles they are accounts of of the long history of the people of israel following the time of the judges which we've already read about and finished uh in the book of judges and ruth so we pick up with first and second Samuel when we go back to the Hebrew Scriptures, but we moved away uh, just two weeks ago. We moved away and broke away after we finished the book of Ruth. We started the Gospel of Luke in the New Testament. We have already read Matthew and Mark. Matthew, uh, written by a uh, a Jewish, tax, converted Jewish tax collector, uh, a follower, a disciple of Jesus who wrote his account. And then uh, Mark is uh, John Mark is a young man who was a um, wrote basically from the memories and the uh, uh, experiences of Peter, but also uh, accompanied Paul uh, on a mission journey for part of it, at least uh, before he uh, kind of backed out. And but he was he he and his mother was a follower of Christ, uh, the Messiah. And uh, John Mark was the writer of the Gospel of Mark. Uh, Matthew wrote to the Jewish people talking about Christ, the king, uh, establishing his uh, credentials as the Messiah, his claim to be the Messiah, the long-promised, awaited Messiah of Israel. Then Mark wrote 
uh, about stressing the servant nature of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the servant. Uh, and then now we come to the Gospel of Luke. We've been in it for these two weeks. Uh, this week we read chapters 8 through 20. So all of our questions and all of our comments tonight come from that one book, the Gospel of Luke. We could comment some on the Proverbs as well, because with every reading there is a section uh, on the Psalms and the Proverbs. We call it the Wisdom and Worship segment of the reading. Uh, and we well, maybe we could give a question or two from there. But we have a wonderful gift for you tonight. Uh, I'm trying to bring a gift each week, if I can, to those who call in. Uh, we'll have a little drawing at the end of our program. And I have a wonderful little Bible study, Comfort and Hope from the Scriptures, God Understands. And it's a series of uh, books about when you feel life is meaningless without purpose, when you feel angry, when you feel life is unfair, when you fear death, when you feel overwhelmed with guilt, when you feel despair or hopelessness, when you have doubts. You know, there's so much, so many of us today who have a problem because of the COVID virus and because of perhaps isolation and a little more loneliness fits, steps in. Uh, there's worry and anxiety about health concerns, about our 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 families, our economy, and so on. And so this could be a great uh, little book about comfort and hope from the Scriptures. And we're going to give that tonight to uh, one of our listeners who calls in, answers maybe some of our questions, and uh, visits with us and participates in the program. And we'll we'll take down names and phone numbers and addresses, and we'll get that gift to one of our listeners this evening. So with nothing more, let's get started in our considerations of the Gospel of Luke. Well, you had said some uh, Matthew uh, okay. and, and sort of in terms of the distinctives between the different Gospels. And so what would you say uh, distinguishes Luke? I, he's a doctor. He's not yeah. Jewish. He's a Gentile. Uh, it was yeah, he's the only non-Jewish writer of the of the New Testament scriptures. He wrote uh, Acts, Luke, and Acts. Mm-hmm. And and before I go much further, I, I would just say he is considered an amazing uh, historian, a historian par excellence. He he gives dates, times, places. His Greek is excellent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, very informed, very educated, and he is a remarkable individual. He emphasizes, Stacy, the um, it's a good question. What is his particular emphasis? Luke emphasizes the humanity, uh, which makes sense coming you know from uh, a medical background. Uh, he emphasizes the humanity and the global universal nature of Jesus' ministry, not just to the Jewish nation, which right. is very, very uh, uh, legitimate to, to emphasize, but he talks about uh, Jesus, uh, the, the the man, who came for the whole human race. Yeah, and I love how he... And that shows that how it's rooted in his history. I mean, he gives such details and dates and mm. places. And uh, and I guess maybe that's kind of his personality, being a doctor, but also maybe being Greek and having uh, been uh, well 
educated and yeah. having read. Well, other he definitely understands mm-hmm. not only, uh, you know, from a from a just a human perspective, he definitely understood the Jewish roots mm-hmm. uh, of Jesus. But and that's something very worthy of notice. In, in this is the book that most of the time we read at Christmas time. Yes. When people read the the, in the days of Caesar. Yeah, in the days of Caesar, I guess you know. The, the, uh, an edict went out that all the world should be uh, taxed or the census counted. And uh, there we have the trip of Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem, from Uh Nazareth to Bethlehem. And we read about the birth of the Messiah. But but one interesting thing about that is that uh, as Matthew traced the lineage of Jesus back to Abraham, Remember, he's emphasizing as the Messiah of Israel. Mm -hmm. Luke traces the lineage of Jesus back to Adam, which is a couple of things. One has an obvious application that he's emphasizing uh, the relevance of Jesus to all of humanity. And that should not be a surprise because it was always that way. It, it, it wasn't like uh, all of a sudden we realized, oh, oh, this is about the whole world. Not, it was always about the whole world. It was always about all the nations. Uh, remember all the Psalms? David says, let all the world, all the people of the world, Which let every language, have, yeah. every Which people. It, it would have to be. I mean, it, it, yes. he is, he is, uh, the claim is that he is God creator of all humanity. He, he, not yeah, a son, exactly. Not a, exactly. Right. All the world. And so, and so he, he celebrates that. And, and uh, although I would have to say, and I think most people would agree, uh, uh, Jew or Gentile alike in terms of history, uh, uh, the, 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 the people of Israel, the Jewish nation, uh, the people, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they did a they did a wonderful job, and God did a wonderful job in and through and with them, preserving His name and preserving that witness of His uh, His redemptive plan through them and with them. Sometimes they were better at it than other times. Under the reign of King David, David was very clear about. Uh, he even proselytized other kings that mm-hmm. from other nations. Remember the Sheba, the Queen of Sheba that came. He talked to her about the God of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He David. David was very, uh, and other times there were godly kings, and they they kept that, they kept that witness, they kept that vision of their job is not only to worship God truly there in, within Israel, but their job is also to to spread the news to let others know about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And you see that happening all through the the Old Testament Hebrew scriptures. Uh, sometimes, as I said, better under some kings and others and so on during different times. But uh, the prophets were speaking and preaching to other nations, uh, the Edomites and the Moabites. And and, it really does seem if at any any interaction when someone that is not Jewish, but that shows a Godwardness, shows an interest, uh, the they're very quickly brought in. Exactly. Rahab and Ruth. Yeah. And and remember the the captain of the the. Armies of of, of Assyria became mm-hmm. a convert under Elisha, I believe it was. And, and even Daniel, I mean Daniel. He was healed of his leprosy and then became oh, a believer, of right. course. And of course, you have Daniel with the with the Persian Empire, mm-hmm. Nebuchadnezzar, and yeah. the, the he under five different rulers, world rulers. Daniel had this incredible impact, and and and. and 
and God was lifted up, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the creator God, uh, the true and living God is emphasized. So, And so real quickly, do you want to talk to you then in terms of the Messiah and of it, and as far as history goes and God kind of choosing this time and place and this time in history to, I mean, the Roman world really was the first time yes. when uh, there, when, when people groups mm-hmm. really were more united um, by transportation, by water, food, um, than, than maybe ever before. Would, would you say that that's... Oh, no I, doubt about it, Stace. There's a wonderful verse in Galatians chapter 4. It says, uh, let me read that just really quickly. Uh, Think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, these children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up, even though they actually own everything their father had. Now, they have to obey their guardian until they reach whatever age their father set. And that's the way it was with us before the Messiah came. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. Mm -hmm. But listen what this verse. But when the right time came, God sent his son born of a woman, in other words, a human being, not an angel, not a, uh, an animal, not an extraterrestrial, an alien. God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. In other words, from the Jewish nation, from the, the people that God had promised. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of God, his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has also made you his heir. It's a beautiful, beautiful passage that from Galatians chapter four, you could read it further. But this is you're talking about this. I, I want to emphasize what he said in the in that very right moment, in the special time. Okay. And there's a lot of analysis you could give to why did God uh, carry send his son, send the Messiah into the world to carry out this redemptive plan in the first place. Why did it even have to happen? Uh, We understand that God is holy and just and righteous in all his ways. So he must, God must judge sin. Sin has a consequence. Mm -hmm. And he even told Adam and Eve in the garden and all through the scriptures, the soul that sins, it shall die. And the day that you eat of that fruit, you will die. Mm -hmm. The, The consequences of sin is spiritual death, separation from God. And so, uh, God, this happened in space, in time and space. Mm -hmm. The fall of man into sin happened in time and space. The redemption had to happen in time and space. God promised it, and we're told in the book of Revelation that Jesus, uh, the Messiah, was was the lamb slain from before the foundation of the world. This was always always God's plan. God wasn't just up in heaven going, oh, no, they sinned. What am I going to do now? (laughs) This... uh, from eternity past, he knew <coughs> what, what he was going to do. Excuse me. <coughs> God knew the plan, knew what was happening. He knew that perhaps, <coughs> whether it was Adam and Eve or somewhere <coughs> down in the line, these human beings who have been given intellect, emotion, and free will uh, now that somewhere down the line, some son, grandfather, grandson, great, great, great grandson, some would 
with sin and would need a redeemer. And as it turns out, it was the first man and woman that, that fell into sin, and the whole race fell under the consequences. As I said, the judgment of God on sin, the whole race fell under the, the judgment of death, spiritual death. So just as the, the the fall of man could place in real time and space, the redemptive plan had to be carried out as well in time and space. And so he promised on Genesis 3.15, I'm going to send a, a, a redeemer. is born of the woman. It's going to be a human being and so on and so on. And he, over 300 predictions of that Messiah in the Old Testament through those you know, those, uh, all those 1500 years or so, 1600 years that we have of history in the Old Testament, all of that, through all of that, he keeps telling, I'm going to sin, I'm going to sin. That was his, his redemptive plan was based on the idea of substitutionary atonement. Substitutionary atonement. Someone um, was going to come, a man was going to come who, and it would be God. We told that very clearly in the, in Psalm 110. Jesus points that out in the Gospel of Luke tonight, even that uh, that the Messiah would would be God incarnate, <laughs> clearly pointed out. But he said he's going to come now. Uh, what am I trying to say now? He but he chose that very moment in history uh, when the, to send the Messiah into the world, and this was before the calendar divided. AC uh, uh, yeah. before Christ and, and, and AD Anno Domini, Domini in the year of our Lord. I mean, yeah. historically, it became that his coming of the Messiah became so crucial and vital and important to human history mm-hmm. uh, and such an incredible that we've now divided history based on the the life and death of, and ministry of this one individual. Uh, but he came in that time. There was there were four factors, Stacy, that were unique to that era. The Romans uh, dominated the world. They were, uh, and that had been predicted by Daniel years before as well, centuries centuries before. There was what was called Pax Romana. The Romans ruled with an iron. And this, was, and this was in the time of Caesar Augustus. That yeah. Pax Romana was a product of Caesar Augustus, who was the first emperor of Rome. And so, and right before Caesar Augustus was the famous Julius Caesar. Right. And so it was Julius Caesar that took it from a republic and was trying to get it to be a an emperor uh, yeah. where he was claiming to be Caesar. Uh, they killed him, the famous uh, Etu Brute. Uh-huh. And then it was Augustus who won between Mark Antony and so oh, just, just a little excellent background, mm-hmm. but but the Roman Empire was mighty, uh, yes. incredibly powerful. Yes. Their 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 military was very well trained. They had the high the uh, uh, in terms of weaponry, the the, the cutting edge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pardon yeah. the pun, but the cutting edge. They, yeah. they but, and they enforced a peace on the world mm-hmm. that that had never been before a time of total domination of the world of that of the modern civilized world of that time so you had this pax romana that's important because it created a period of time in which uh there was relative safety mm-hmm. there about every 70 miles on on the main highways there were roman legions uh there were and, and we see this in the in the new testament uh jesus uh, they were they dominated Jerusalem. Jesus uh, talk, talked with the centurion.
in, uh, and particularly in, in the book of Acts with, with Paul. Uh, he's saved by the Roman uh, soldiers several times. Uh, the Pax Romana was a major development. And then you also have the Iter Romana, uh, and that means the Roman roads. Uh, they built roads, the Romans did, all across the, the world of that their empire. All of those roads led to Rome, of course, but those were the same roads that the gospel was then able to speed across to, to all the parts, all the corners of the Roman Empire of that era. So you have the Roman roads were great new developments. So it's not you could try not only the roads, but the seaway, the sea passages, mm-hmm. which Paul used again several times. Right. So you see the 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 travel, the ability to travel. Then you had the idea of the lingua franca, a uh, common language that, that existed because of the, the the Roman Empire was preceded by. All right. The Roman Empire was preceded by the Greek Empire, and that's important when it comes to the timing of the coming of the Messiah. We'll come back to that here on The Bible Live and get in more into the detail of the Gospel of Luke when we return. Don't go away. Listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. The answer is all in your heart. So just let the Lord Soapy and Stacy Dollar. Then we are back. We're we're doing some little work here in the studio. I've got a song tonight I thought you might really enjoy, but let's get back to our discussion of the reasons historically but and we've talked about this before but it never hurts to repeat because we get new listeners every week people listen maybe haven't heard before uh the four at least four now there i'm sure there are other factors as well involved in uh the reasoning the the timing of jesus coming uh i mean really who could possibly know all the reason <laughs> all the way down to the individuals that were living at the time and met jesus and the, the the importance of them being in that moment god's plan is so beautiful and perfect and down to every detail but we talked about the roman peace pax romana that was in brought by the mighty power of the roman military uh the empire they created a a 
period of relative peace in the world uh, that a window of opportunity for this message. And that was unique up until this time. Yes, and yes. So this had not. This was a, a, a piece that had not happened before. Right. This so. is a, a broad global um, control and power of the Romans brought about knows, this Pax Romana. Who knows what was happening here in North America, but yeah, at yeah, least yeah. over well, there. <laughs> I'll find out someday from my great, great, great grandparents. <laughs> yes, uh, the, the Roman roads, that's another factor. Uh, those exist. They wrote, they built great roads. Those exist even to this day. Uh, I, we lived in Europe for, for about eight years in Spain for six years and uh, the city of Zaragoza, Spain. Mm-hmm. The, Zaragoza means city of Caesar. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there are roads there. Still- La Puerta de Carmen mm-hmm. and other there roads and arches and bridges built by the Romans in that uh, 2,000 years ago. And they're still there. You can walk on those cobblestone roads right there. So they built good roads. And um, that was one of the factors. The travel was so facilitated, both land and sea travel. Uh, And then there was the lingua franca, the common language that they inherited from the Greeks. The Greeks under Alexander had uh, established their empire before the Romans. And the Greek language was the common language of all the different uh, countries. That's why Paul could go on his missionary journeys all across uh, Asia there and into Europe. He could go to all of these villages and towns and places and he could speak to the people Greek. Of course, they had their own native languages as well, but uh, Greek was the common language of commerce and so on. And it would have been probably, I mean, the language of, and and the Greeks are famous for their philosophy. Exactly. In in terms of the culture was very rich in not just what they, or not, sorry, not just how they said it. So not just in the language, but in what they were saying. So the times Mm -hmm. they were, they were very interested in philosophy and Socrates and Plato and Aristotle. That is, that was their forefather. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and we see that in the book of Acts, chapter 17, mm-hmm. when Paul goes to talk to the uh, philosophers there in right, Athens. Exactly, yeah. uh, and, and also Greek was a more exact language than Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Hebrew is a very inexact, a very, uh, re- it's a very relational, very contextual language. Right, you have to kind of be in the moment, in the place, uh, whereas Greek is more uh, linear, right. A to B to C, and which was probably uh, maybe helpful in terms of communicating the message. But there is one other factor that is really a very powerful factor and was very important for that moment as well, and that is the presence of the Jewish synagogues. Now, remember that as far back as 586 B.C., when the Jews were, when Nebuchadnezzar destroyed Jerusalem and they were scattered all over, uh, J- Jewish peoples had been scattered all over creation, (laughs) to put it that way. And and now again, in the Roman Empire as well, they were all over. That's why uh, the presence of the synagogue in all of these towns and villages that Paul went to, Mm -hmm. that was like a little potted plant, this a, a little, I mean, little 
pot of fertile soil Mm -hmm. just sitting there waiting for the seed of the gospel. And so you're saying when the synagogue was destroyed in 586 and they were scattered, they when the temple when the temple was destroyed, sorry, when the temple was destroyed and they were scattered, you're saying that where they went, they established and built a synagogue, a a synagogue where there were anytime there were. 10 Jewish males mm-hmm. of 12 year you know of 12 having completed 12 years and up mm-hmm. they they were required to have a synagogue to teach mm-hmm. Hebrew a to church, teach to read and write and also teach the scriptures mm-hmm. uh, Jesus drew up in the synagogue and, and that uh, and, and we see him speaking in the synagogue and, and the point is is that they had been there let's say 500 years already and many Jews had already been in all these other countries they knew the language they knew the cultural cues they knew the uh, the gestures they knew uh, all the fine points of that society now if you're on the mission field which i've been for 50 years you've mongolia china india spain italy around the world 35 countries or so you realize that when you go to communicate in a different culture and society there are all kinds of different cues mm-hmm. and gestures can mean something and you got to we were just it, talking about that at church today yeah yeah, yeah. That's right. And so it's um, the the point is, is that when Paul went to these different cities, there were there was already a pocket of people there, Jewish people who knew the cues, who knew the language, who knew the people, who had relationships, Mm -hmm. had trust and Mm -hmm. so on. And they were there waiting and they were already keyed up. They were queued up to hear the message of the Messiah because they knew uh, being Jewish, they knew the Hebrew scriptures, they knew the predictions and the prophecies. So, wow, it was amazing. It was a ready place for the gospel to be planted Mm -hmm. and then from them to spread out throughout the different Lydia, Philippi, Colossae. It reminds me of that you know, when, when uh, on the coastlines, when war or when when ships were coming, and they would have those watchmen who would have the you know the fires, and one would light the fire to say that they're coming, yeah, and then the next exactly. one lights. Yeah. It reminds me of that it's not the same message, but you could just see those little churches start yeah, lighting exactly. up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and it was they were just ready for it. So those those are some of the reasons that we see how crucial it was at this time. Uh, God said how beautiful and powerful it was that it, th- God chose this moment yeah. to send the people. Now let, let's get in some questions because we want someone to win this new, this Bible study series. God understands. Um, let me put a question out there. When Jesus, these all come from the gospel of Luke chapters eight through 20. And so if, and I'll give you the passage where it's found. So if I ask a question and you can find it, or you know, the answer, give us a quick call 210-340-9585. And John will jump right up and put you on the <laughs> phone and he'll take down your name. And we'll have a drawing at the end of the hour to see who wins this uh, Bible series. God understands. Uh, so let me give a question to you. When G- it, this comes from Luke chapter eight, Jesus climbed a mountain to pray, and he was transfigured. Mean he was uh, he re- he was revealed in his glory, not not simply as uh, 
the Messiah, the man that he was, but he, his glory as is even the incarnate Son of God was revealed. Uh, we call it the Mount of Transfiguration today. When Jesus climbed to the mountain and, and was transfigured, how many people saw him? All right, that's our question number one tonight. How many people saw Jesus transfigured in Luke chapter 9? Luke chapter 9, verse 28. So that's one question. And here's another question. Uh, Jesus, at one point in his teaching, said that he was like one of the prophets of the Old Testament. Uh, He was like, uh, 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 well, I'll go ahead and give the name. He was like Jonah, the prophet of God in the Old Testament. And what I want you to do is tell me, who was Jonah? You know, what is he known for? Tell me just a little bit of his story. And how was Jesus going to be like him? Who was Jonah? And how was Jesus going to be like him? If you know the answer to either one of those questions, give me a call and we'll get your name in that drawing for this Bible study series, God Understands. Uh, Let me give one more question. Jesus tells the story of a wealthy farmer who builds bigger barns to store more grain. A farmer builds bigger silos, bigger barns, so he could store more grain. Uh, why is he? Cons- why does Jesus refer to him as a fool? Why is he? Why is he considered to be foolish? Okay, if you can answer that question, it comes from Luke chapter twelve, verse. 13. When you uh, talked about Luke and, and, uh, and what distinguishes him as one of the writers, I don't know if you mentioned this, but I, I've, uh, the, upside, the idea of the upside down kingdom, I love how Luke always emphasizes sort of the surprise factor in a way of the Messiah. And on one hmm. hand, you, you, they had lived in this time of Roman conqueror, of Roman uh, soldiers, and where there was an idea of kind of an emperor, of a king. And I think it would have probably been so ingrained in them to think of a Messiah saving them from uh, from captivity or from... and. Political, military deliverance. Right, which is so human. That's very normal. And that would be kind of what probably what we would think, too, of. uh, And yet Luke in all of, I mean, Jesus and all of his teachings and Luke, when he is writing and telling just the emphasis on, you know, surprise, he is the Messiah. It's not what you thought. It's better than what you thought. Yes. And it's but it's 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 sort of upside. You would think that to be mighty, you should be. But it's. The, it's the poor in spirit that inherit. It's yes. the weak that are strong. It's the last that shall be first. It's the humble it's the that humble are exalted. That are yeah, exalted. Over and over again, and we see these. these. Par- and then and and these parables from the Good Samaritan to uh, the the soil and the, the, yeah. that speak to that. Oh, it's very good. The contrast between the world's view of power kingdom, and might yeah, and, and, and redemption in this mm-hmm. case mm-hmm. and, and 
that was one of the great conflicts that Jesus ran into is because uh, the the Jewish nation, the leadership of that era had become quite parochial and quite ethnocentric in their understanding of the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Not, not everyone universally, clearly, because right. uh, the tens of thousands who followed Jesus and trusted Jesus and Paul and Peter and all were Jews. But among the leadership, in some ways, they had become very... Um, ethnocentric mm-hmm. the, the, they understood the role of the Messiah was to come to deliver them from the Roman which rule. you could understand I mean they had probably been holding on so tightly to their own yeah. uh, to their own power to their own people group to their, their own, own identity ways, to their own identity so it would have been very hard for them to yes. to to release that idea of what they thought and who, what they thought he was going to do. Especially those in power, mm-hmm. yeah. because their power mm-hmm. was at stake. And, and it's, but no, I, as understanding as we can be, and we do, is not judgmental at all. Uh, but on the other hand, many thousands of the humble, the broken, the lepers, right. the... That's yeah, right. yeah. the they got it. Um, and the fishermen. A, and, yeah. I guess that it, that's a that's a such a that's encouraging to us. You know, I mean, it, in a lot of ways, it just shows how, in terms of of power or wealth or you know, a lot of times it's so Let's tempting. Let's go and talk. Oh, okay, it's so tempting to right want those, but we can see that it's a blessing sometimes to not have that to, that's right. to be humble. No but doubt yes. about it. Let's go to the caller. Federico, are you with us? Yes, sir. Gloria a Dios, bienaventurado. Eh, gloria a Dios, hermano. Good, muy bueno hablar con usted. Tendremos que hablar en inglés porque... Yes. <laughs> Pero vaya, me, me alegro de escuchar su voz. Su voz. Uh, how's Thank go- God how- I can speak in two tongues. How- you betcha. How are you and your family? How are you and your family during these times? Well, we're struggling, but uh, we're doing this. As best as could be expected. Wonderful. No, no sick ones. No, no one has uh, caught it. Or thank the Lord for that, and I and I pray the Lord pray takes care of you God. and your family, and just keep walking with Him. Okay, Federico, trust the Lord. Just that's what we all need need to encourage and help each other, and and I, I just pray you and your family are well and keep being well. Okay. Amen. Praying for one another. Yes, sir. Amen. Well, let me ask you, did you hear one of the questions that you wanted to answer for us? Yes, I think I might have it. Uh, I think it, uh, uh, according to the transfiguration question, I'm going to guess and say it was Peter, John, and James. Yes. You got it exactly right. But, 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 but wait on. Wait on. Oh, 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 oh. There were, so sad. There, there were two more people there that, that they are not. You know, Peter, James, and John, they were the the inner circle of Jesus' disciples. But uh-huh. there were two more people there that appeared with Jesus. I'll put it that way. Than Elijah. Yeah, now there we go. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you forgot to count them, I guess. Uh, whereas... Oh, I thought you said how many people saw them. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, the, they were there, so I guess they, <laughs> they saw them. But anyway, I got a question, really, Pastor. A little bit of a trick question. <laughs> How did, how, 
how how did they recognize Moses and Elijah if they weren't alive back then? I have asked myself that question many times. I, I don't Holy really Spirit know. Revelation? <laughs> I don't know the answer, but maybe they were wearing name tags, <laughs> or, or maybe maybe Jesus later told them who they were. I I don't really know. We're not giving in the, we're not Won't given an explanation. There, isn't that a that's little, another yeah. study? Yeah, that, isn't yeah. that a neat? That seems like that'll be a, a taste of heaven. The, Someday Jesus saying, Moses, this is Soapy. Hey, Soapy, have you met Moses? Yeah, yeah and I said, I read about you. But, uh, yeah. Federico, keep listening because we're going to have a drawing at the end of the hour. And I would love for you and your family to get this nice little Bible study series, God Understands. You'll, you'll enjoy it, I'm sure. I enjoy your program very much, Pastor. May God continue blessing you more in you and your family and your congregation. Thank you more than I can tell you. Thank you so much, Federico. Hang on. uh, Keep listening, all right? Okay. (laughs) All right. We got one of our uh, questions answered. Indeed, it was uh, five people. Peter, James, and John, of course, and Moses and Elijah. Now, the two questions we have out there, another two questions are... Jesus likened himself to the prophet Jonah. And in in uh, Luke eleven thirty two, Jesus said he was like the prophet Jonah. I want you to tell me who was Jonah and why we, how was Jesus going to be like him? What was going to be the similarity? All right. And then in Luke chapter 12, um, we're told about a wealthy farmer. He's already very wealthy, but he he decides to tear down his old barn and build bigger barns even to store so he could have more wealth and so, store more grain. And Jesus, he is referred to in the story as a fool. Uh, an angel says to him, you know, thou fool. Mm. Why is he considered to be a fool? That's in Luke chapter 12, verse 13. Now then... Um, let me ask you about this is a famous passage uh, Jesus said you cannot be his disciple unless you pick up your cross and follow him that's Luke chapter 14 verse 27 you cannot be a disciple of Jesus unless you pick up your cross and follow him what does that mean I mean, I'm not calling on someone to be the great theologian, you know, the deep, deeper meaning of the deeper meaning. But in general, when you hear that, uh, we're, we're told to take up our cross. Now, the cross was a, it wasn't a pretty nice little gold little symbol you carry around your neck or on a necklace. The cross was a horrible, uh, I mean, it was, it was incredible source of pain and death and grief. And at this time, this was not, uh, maybe this was, when people heard that, they thought, what in the world? And Jesus said, you want to be my disciple, you have to take up your cross and follow me. What does, Mm. give me a sense of what that means. All right. I'd love to hear from you. Three, uh, Three, four, zero. Three four zero twenty five. Oh, say, 
Where's that number again? Three four zero nine five eight five. You would think I'd know it after all these years. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. Thanks, John. Two ten three four zero ninety five eighty five. If you can answer any of those three questions, uh, or maybe you have a, your your own question about the Gospel of Luke, or about the Bible, about the message of the Gospel, about Jesus, or maybe a, a comment about something you've already heard here, we would love to hear from you, and we will put your name in the drawing that we're going to have at the end of the hour to see who wins this wonderful Bible study series, God Understands. Um, I'm really looking forward to giving it to someone. Yeah, I love uh, the book of Luke and what you said earlier about the languages and how Hebrew in general, I I guess mostly what made me think of it is Luke is just chock full of amazing, of of the beautiful parables that Mm -hmm, Jesus taught, mm -hmm. which was... He tells some of the parables that the others that aren't mentioned in the other Gospels, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. And and it's very, it is very Jewish to speak and to teach in parables and so how Jesus taught and how the stories that he and sort of that question and answer way is very Socratic, very Greek, and I'm mm-hmm. sure was just adopted by the Jewish culture in that time. And but and then but the Greek influence being very linear and very reasoned and very uh, phonetic and kind of precise. And I just love that Luke kind of marries those two, similar to Paul. I mean, and, and I guess mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Paul was Luke was Paul's companion and, and their um, contemporaries. But uh, I I love reading that in Luke, and this is just a style. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The parable, well, and 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 besides just being a culturally question or with a story, yes. uh, th- it was actually predicted. Pro- one of the great prophecies about the Messiah when he would be he would teach in parables. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, which of course he did. Um, all every detail Jesus came through and fulfilled those predictions. Now, let's see here what we, we've got. We've got those questions out there. Should I put out one more just in case? I have one that I wanted someone to comment on. Uh, that I wanted to ask this question: How can we get? more faith mm-hmm. you know a lot of people would say uh, you know I, uh, like there was a beggar in the bible that said jesus said do you have faith and he said i have faith i, I believe help me in my unbelief you know i do have faith i do believe but i, I need more faith i need to know. and so the, my question is a very practical question from luke chapter 17 verse 5 luke chapter 17 verse 5 how can we get more faith. And if you'd like to take a stab at that uh, answer to that question, I'd love to get your phone call as well. 340-9585. I'll give a hint to that. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, it's also how you get more faith in in other th- in any in, in anything, how do you trust something? Okay, how yeah. do you trust that chair? <laughs> yeah, how do you trust the any post chair? office is going to get a letter to yes. the Florida from here? Okay, there you go. Uh, just we've got three or four questions out there. If you'd like to call in and give an answer. 210-340-9585. Let me review them real quick. Jesus likened himself, said he was like the prophet Jonah. Who is Jonah and how was Jesus going to be like him? That's in chapter 11, verse 32. Uh, the wealthy farmer builds bigger barns to store more grain. It's called a fool or is referred to as a fool. Uh, why is 
that. Why is he called a fool? Uh, in that parable, and that's in Luke chapter 12, verse 13. Then another question, uh, Jesus said, you cannot be a disciple of his unless you take up your cross and follow him. And again, this is may sound a little challenging to you, but it's, I don't mean, it, it, it's really fairly self-evident too, once you kind of get it. What does that mean? What does it mean to Pick up your cross and follow Jesus. And then how can we get more faith? That's a very practical question. I think all of us as believers would like to grow in our faith. How can we do it? That's Luke chapter 17, verse 5. If you'd like to answer any of those questions or take a shot at it, we're here to help you. We'll be behind you all the way. Give us a call, 210-340-9585, and we'll be back after this break with our You're listening to God's Talk Show, The Bible Live. All right, we are back. Our final segment of the Bible Live program this evening. We have one caller so far. Federico has called in, and you can give a little bit of holy competition there. We'd love to hear from you. 210-340-9585. We have four questions out there right now. I won't add to them. Let me repeat them very quickly so that if you'd like to take a shot at one of them and listen, we're very gracious and we're going to be here behind you, cheering you on and maybe helping you out a little bit. So don't be afraid uh, about it. But uh, Jesus said he was like the prophet Jonah. Who was Jonah? Tell me just a little bit about Jonah, uh, a Hebrew prophet, and why, how was Jesus going to be like him? And, and Stacey just mentioned that, that if you know something about Jonah, he, he's not the highest, greatest <laughs> example, really. Right. Probably the, what did you say, the, the he's lowest? The, he's the worst. <laughs> the worst prophet Jonah. <laughs> in the Old Testament, it seemingly uh also had incredible success right. one of the great revivals of the old testament right. uh history is, is it was part of uh, jonah's experience but he was terribly uh disobedient and ter- terrible attitude everything but that was not the way he was that's not the way he jesus was like him all right, right. uh but so tell me a little bit about yeah. jonah uh and then tell me how was it that Jesus said he's going to be like Jonah. Uh, 210-340-9585. 340-9585 is the phone number. So get on the phone. You can uh, answer that question and get a chance to win this Bible study series, God Understands. Then let me see. Jesus tells the story of a wealthy farmer in 
Luke chapter 12. By the way, uh, about Jonah is in Luke chapter 11, verse 32. The wealthy farmer uh, who builds bigger barns and is called a fool. And we say, why is he called a fool? And that's Luke chapter 12, verse 13. Why is he called a fool? Referred to as a fool in that story. And then Jesus said that you cannot be a disciple of his unless you take up your cross and Take up your cross and follow him. Not the beautiful little gold symbol we all revere and and know today, but in that time, the cross was a terrible, painful uh, symbol of death and suffering. And Jesus says you cannot be his disciple unless you take up your cross and follow him. Give me a a thought about what that means uh, for us today. And then finally, that's in Luke chapter 14, by the way, verse 27. And then how can we get more faith? I think it's one of the great uh, questions and one of the great answers that Jesus gives in Luke chapter 17. How can we acquire more faith? Okay, let me throw one more out there. Just Jesus healed 10 lepers in Luke chapter 17. Jesus healed 10 lepers. How how many came back and said thank you? How many came back and said thank you to Jesus? Uh, He healed 10 lepers. How many returned to thank him? All right. That's Luke 17. Now. We have those questions out there. If you can give an answer, love to have you call in and give a quick answer. We'll put your name in our drawing for this great Bible study series, God Understands. Now, what were we talking about, Stacy? you and I during the break that we were going to mention? Oh, I was going to just mention simply that one of the great principles I've noticed, not only in Luke, Jesus mentions it and teaches it over and over. And it was a it was a characteristic of his ministry. He went to the downtrodden. He went to the broken. He went to the rejected. He went to the marginalized, uh, the sick, the weak, the you know, the and, and those who had failed. Uh, uh, and and which which created a great problem with him with the religious leaders of the time. They they often um, criticized him for doing that. And it brings out a question in my mind, and, I, and I've, I've thought about this over the years. As I've seen so many uh, in these different cultures and places and times and different situations, whether it's people in Mongolia who had never heard the name of Jesus before or people in Spain or people... Um, all you know, different culture, different society, different backgrounds, high, low, and you know, up and outers, down and outers, and so on. Uh, what are the characteristics of those who are ready to to be saved, to come to Christ, to become children of God? And one of the great characteristics is humility and brokenness. It's just uh, you know, you can be wealthy and rich and high educated Absolutely. and all that. Luke was a doctor. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and one of my wonderful friends is a a lawyer who came to faith. As a very wealthy, successful lawyer, Absolutely. but he just realized that he had he had climbed the ladder of success, but his ladder was leaning against the wrong wall. <laughs> and, and he he talked about it, that brokenness. Mm-hmm. That, and he, later on, as he ministered to his people in his circle, he talked. He was the one that gave me that phrase 
the up and outers, not just the down and outers. Yeah. But the point is, is there's there's always a sense of brokenness and, and humility. Uh, the, the, there's also, I would say, a characteristic of generosity. Mm-hmm. Almost immediately, people who come to faith, they start thinking of someone else. Mm-hmm. They start thinking about their mom, the dad, the brother, the sister, the husband, the wife, a loved one. Oh, I want them to hear about God. I want the him. To, I remember when I came to faith as a seven-year-old orphan boy, uh, first thought I had when I got off my knees was, oh, I want to go talk. Yeah. I want to go talk to my best friend, Curtis. Seems, you know? seems, it seems like that would be kind of the flip side of the same coin. Humility and generosity kind have of. to kind of go hand in hand. Uh, a generosity of other. spirit is what I mean. The, uh, uh, being con- more conscious of others and their needs. Uh, it, it's just one of those characteristics, I think, that happens. There's no, certainly no room for uh Legalism for rejection. Was you were saying that there was a third gratitude? Was gratitude maybe one of the? I think that was it. I think that was my. I knew there was another one, uh, another characteristic that I have noticed over the. But gratitude, it's kind of along the line with with humility. But there's Paul mentions it as well about Um, uh, those who don't know God and don't acknowledge God and he says and they weren't even grateful in their hearts mm. not even mm-hmm. not even grateful for life that God gets and so on well, and so in the 10 lepers yeah uh, there you go I knew there was some reason <laughs> I thought about it let's go and talk to another of our listeners Bob. Bob is on the phone let's get him this week Bob I'm glad to hear from you what's going on Hola. Hola, amigo. <laughs> Good to hear from you, my friend. Uh, yes, sir. You're my first. You're my first nation, sir. All right, brother. Word. I'm glad to hear and, from you. And, How are you and, uh, and your family doing? Everyone okay? Well, I, I got a text from my niece. Uh, she has the Hodgkins, but she's been uh, doing a very uh, strict regimen of drusing and uh, natural healing and vitamins and IV injections, alternative therapies for over a year. And the uh, tumor was not visible in their last test. Wow. But oh, she's you, getting... Mm-hmm. Thank but you, she's Lord. She's getting uh, dizzy. She's getting a loss of balance. Oh. So they're mm. going to change up the uh, treatments and try and keep her out of chemo. And they hope that the loss of balance was a side effect of the other treatments. Yeah. And uh, so they're changing up the treatment. And they hope to... Uh, in uh, the next uh, six to eight weeks, they hope that it's not can They hope that she's cancer free, but they're going to oh. have to ascertain that. So, uh, but she sent me a text. She had never sent me a text before. She sent me a big text. Oh. Said I have to communicate this, and I, I took it to the brethren, the brothers at a little a meeting that I went to uh, yesterday. Amen. Amen. I join uh, you in we, prayer, we, we Father. Pray. We lift up Bob's niece right now. We just it's lift Hannah. her to you, me- right here, Hannah. right here. What's her name? Hannah. Hannah. Hannah, right here in this studio and across South Texas. Lord, uh, all of us as believers, God's people, we lift up this dear one, uh, Bob's niece. We lift up Hannah and ask that you would visit her. Let her know and experience this very moment, the strong sense of your presence, your love, your care, your peace, your joy. Lord, just visit her in this moment. And, And not only Hannah, but all who would be suffering this evening as well, that others are fearful, others are are, are perhaps ill. Uh, Lord, 
we pray that you would send your spirit of healing across our land and across our city. And we trust you, Lord, Lord, that you are the great physician Mm -hmm. and uh, you are ultimately, ultimately all will be healed. And when we gather in your presence as God's people, there'll be no tears, no illness, no sickness, uh, no. And Lord, we just we we look forward to that. But we, we ask you now in this moment, even in time and space here to bring healing to Hannah, if it be your perfect will. And we we trust you to do that in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you, my brother, for telling us about Hannah. We'll we'll kind sure. of jot down her name and keep that in mind as well. What sure. question did you want I, to answer for I, us tonight? Well, I think I'm going to do the one on the uh, the lepers. Uh, I appreciate, by the way, when your daughter said um, something greater has come, and uh, it's wow! You don't just get the king of Israel; you get the king of the universe. Right. I thought it was a cute, a cute little thing that she said, but not just cute. I mean, it, but it was a deep thing that she said. That's all right. I call her better. cute all the time. <laughs> okay, but, uh, so we want to talk to about the. Let me see. I'm trying to find. Okay, how many of the uh, lepers. lepers came back to say thank you? I think it was one, and I, my my uh, studies have taken me to a place to uh, to realize that the priests were tithing back. Uh, it, in the, the Torah, it says the priests are to tithe ten percent. <laughs> uh, they didn't they didn't get uh, land; they got some Levitical cities, but they didn't get ranches and, and farms. Or, yeah, uh, but they uh, they did, but they did get the. Uh, the uh, produce that was brought in from the sacrifices. Yes, and, and they uh, and they to were expected them. to tithe and, as well. Yeah, yes, and they and they were told you have to tithe on the, the gifts that you are given. Exactly. So, uh, uh, you know, so uh, pastors, they were, they, the priests were tithing this one back to Mashiach, which is another sign of uh, of uh, perhaps his identity mm-hmm. or, or his uh, stature uh, that they they, they uh, made this. Uh, I made this offering back to him. That's right. Could well be he was uh, uh, he was a tenth. He was one out of the ten. But do you know what his nationality was? It's an interesting little detail. I haven't read that one lately. Sorry. It's Luke chapter seventeen, verse sixteen. The one leper that came back. And this is like so many of Jesus' stories. They always have a little bit of a punch in them. Uh, the one yes. leper that came back was a Samaritan. <clears throat> which, <laughs> isn't that interesting? <laughs> he, was the, he was the good one. Yeah, yeah, the, good, the interesting. The, the good, the good, the, the, the good one, Maybe it was. Maybe it was the good Samaritan. You can't, that would be so funny. Uh, we're very good. We put your name in the okay, in so the well. hat, my friend. We hope we, this time you can win our Bible series okay. called God Understands. It's a really rich one. It's something you might like to enjoy uh, sharing, even uh, with your with uh, your niece Hannah or others. It's some yes. wonderful passages Ble- in there. Blessings. You Let's too, all of you. She's a, she's about twenty eight or thirty years old with a, a three year old uh, child or four year old oh. child. So uh, see, we're uh, really praying that she gets well. And and she she was very hopeful. We're praying with you, brother. Thank you so much for calling. Shalom. Shalom. 
There we go. Another name for the hat. You can call in too. 210-340-9585. 210-340-9585. And if you can answer one of our questions, and I'll read them off again here just real quickly. Uh, we'd love to get your name in the hat as well to win this great great little Bible study series, God Understands. It says, when you feel life is meaningless, without purpose, when you feel angry, when you feel life is unfair, when you fear death, when you feel overwhelmed with guilt, when you feel despair and hopelessness, all of these are deep, deep human conditions that many people feel today. Uh, you may even be feeling some of these, and this would be a ministry to you, but you could use these as well to minister to others in your uh, in your email list and others that, that you connect with uh, in your family and in your circle. So God understands it's called. Uh, we're going to give that away tonight to one of our Listeners, we've taken down the names here. If you give us a call and answer one of the questions or just con- give a comment or something, we, and we, you know, we're not hard shell here. We're going to be gracious and help you. Um, but here, here are the questions. Jesus said he was like the prophet Jonah. Tell me, what do we know Jonah from? What, who was Jonah in a way? Just a little bit about him. And then how was Jesus going to be like him? Okay, and then Jesus tells a story in chapter 12, verse 13, of a wealthy farmer who builds bigger barns to store more grain so he can be more wealthy. And then he's told in an angel appears and says, thou fool. Why is he called a fool? And then this question, Jesus said, you cannot be his disciple unless you pick up your cross and follow him. What does that mean? And then I'm not talking about some deep, deep, deeper meaning of some deeper meaning idea, but just and it says, what was that? What was the kernel? What was the the core idea that Jesus is communicating there about being a, a follower of His, a disciple? And then uh, let's see, how can we get more faith? There's another one. How can we get more faith? Look at Luke chapter 17, verse 5. Okay, so give us a call if you'd like to. We uh, have, oh, what, about 10 minutes maybe in our program left. So give us a call. Get on the phone quickly, and we'll bring you right up and get you your name in the hat as well. Um, Stacy, we were talking about these characteristics of people who are who come to faith in God to follow Christ. And we talk about humble and the Bible is actually clear about humility and brokenness. Mm-hmm. The Bible is actually clear about gratitude. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that a lot too, that over the years, hundreds and hundreds, perhaps even thousands of young men and women or others have come to faith in Christ. I've noticed these, this change in their lives uh, and, and gratitude of a sudden there's a, a gratefulness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then finally we said generosity. They, it's kind of more of a generosity in spirit. It's not like they're giving away things necessarily, although that's possible too. Right. Yeah. But they others they become conscious and aware of others, mm-hmm. generosity of spirit, yeah. and it 
it, I, I, I want to mention that I, I have a poem uh, uh, talking about how we as believers, we can't be judgmental. We can't. Now is not the time to go out and judge and say, you're not a believer. You're great. We have to be gracious and love in presenting the good news, present the gospel, just as Jesus did. The people who maybe uh, you know, they got tattoos all over them and they don't look like our kind of people or they're or, or the further the way around. They don't have any tattoos. They tattoos. They look straight and narrow and we're, they're different from us. But if we name the name of Jesus and follow the Lord, we need to be gracious and lovingly and taking that message of grace and forgiveness and and, and love to others and uh, uh, not judging others. Uh, we, we can't we're not in any condition to be able to do that. I've got a poem I want to read. It's very humbly called the best poem in the world <laughs> that I'd like to share with some folks exactly. tonight. But let's go. <laughs> let's go to Franklin. Is it Franklin? Franklin is on the phone with us. Hi, Franklin. Hi, Sophie, and your beautiful daughter. God bless you all. <laughs> Thank you, I my hope friend. His love is showering upon you, oh. and that you enjoyed this beautiful day. It was it's a, a gorgeous week. day, wasn't it? it? I thought it was going to be it really was. cloudy and rainy, but it just cleared up and got so pretty. It really did. Oh, oh. Well, you know, any day I'm walking on top and not looking up, I'm doing all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that, too. I really understand. <laughs> uh, I'm with oh, you on that. boy. Well, let's get your prize. Let's get your name in our little deal here. Which question did you think you could? I bet you could probably answer more than one of them, but let's go with one. I can, but I'm going to take, I'm I'm going to answer one and I'm going to take a stab at the other one. Okay. Uh, Just uh, uh, the cleanup hitter here, I guess. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Right. uh, The the other two home runs should probably get in, but I'll make a bunt and see what we do. Okay. Uh, The farmer. Uh, the angel of the Lord came to him and said, You fool, for your soul will be required of you this very night. Mm-hmm. And so he was to die that night, and yeah. indeed he did. Yeah. And uh, the lesson is, uh, you know, you're storing all these earthly treasures and trying to do that, but the true treasure you need to save up is the one in heaven. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. I. That is such a. I remember that story, Franklin, from when I was a little boy. I, that just—that's pretty riveting. That's, that's a long time. It really is. <laughs> you know, he—he's rich. It really and, is something. That, and there's more to that story than meets the eye, too. Because if you think about it, that farmer could have taken, and instead of building a bigger barn, he could have taken some of the wheat that he had in his barn oh, and yeah. given it to the poor, and then he would have had plenty of room in his barn. For 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 more wheat. <laughs> yes, I hadn't thought about it in the practical sense, but you're exactly right. If he was running out of room, just give away some of it, you know. Uh, but that is oh, so. Yeah, it's such yeah, a give powerful up, message. Give your abundance. Yeah, yeah, when you have abundance, you should give. Yeah, yeah. To uh, much and, is given, uh, much is required. It. Yeah. Well, that is very, is very good. Very now, what's the one you're going to take a stab at? Well, okay, I'm, I'm going to go for Jonah. Okay. Uh, Jonah is a very interesting character. Of course, he was a prophet, and God sent him to preach the word in Nineveh, and he didn't want to go to Nineveh. <laughs> Nineveh was, they were evil. Uh, the flesh pots of Nineveh were famous. It was a horrible, evil city, and they had done so many things against Israel yeah. and all. Yeah. The last people he wanted to see God save were the Ninevites. So he disobeyed so and he ran away. Were, Yes, well, see, this is where I, I, I don't understand. The only thing I can see in, in Jonah 
And, of course, he was tossed over, swallowed by the great fish, and yeah. vomited up on shore. And then when he did go, when he did finally. Sometimes felt like he was vomited up on shore. Yeah, he must have <laughs> but, smelled but, terrible. Uh, he went, but when he did finally go yeah. to Nineveh, he went with a terrible well, attitude. He did. Well, yes, and even then he, he, he preached and he said, repent, repent. And he wandered through the city, and the king put on sackcloth and ashes and all the people, and they repented of their ways. Yeah. And so Amazing. God didn't destroy them. And <laughs> then Jonah time. was so depressed, he went and he was praying to God that he would die. <laughs> I know. Uh, see, this is why I would think Jesus would be more like Elias, who was taken up yeah. alive and to, to heaven. Which brings uh, up the question, how is Jesus, how did Jesus say he's, what was the uh, similarity? What? How is Jesus going to be like Jonah? Well, the only thing I can think of, and that's why this one's such a hard one, uh, is that he cried to the city and the people repented and were saved. He, he went to the sinners, the, the the worst of the worst. And, of course, that's that's really, it wasn't that he was healing the poor and doing things like that for the poor. The uh, priests and, and uh, the, the, the scribes uh, were mad at Jesus because he's associated with the uh, the publicans, yeah, the exactly. tax collectors, and yeah. sinners. Yeah. Why would you eat with sinners? And, and and Jesus famously said, "Well, I came to heal the sick, uh, uh, not the healthy. Yeah. These people need healing." Well, let me give you. An, so let me g- in, 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 for just for the sake of time, we're about to run out. Uh, let me give you. Uh, th- that is a very good answer. The one I was looking for. Your name is still in our hat, though. Is that Jesus said in the same way Jonah was in the fish three days, three nights? I'm going to be in the uh, ground. I'll be in the tomb three days yes, and three I'll nights. Be in the tomb. <laughs> yes, a little Great. more. I missed that specific. One. Oh, that that's all right, one. my brother. That's all right. Hang on though. Well, let me try. It. Hang yeah, on though. We, we're about to run out of time. I want to get get our winner declared okay. here. A moment. Uh, uh, hang on there. We'll see who's going to win. Uh, Stacy, we better get this done here okay. before right. we go too long. Where's our, our rim shot here? Who's right. who's gonna win tonight, Stace? Oh, Franklin! Franklin! Finally, we, <laughs> we give Franklin, Franklin a chance to win tonight. We've got his name and his phone number here, Federico and uh, Bob. Bob. We yeah. want you to please call back next week, and we'll try to have yeah. another prize each week for our listeners. But Franklin, you have won the series called "God Understands" tonight. Now, I, I, I wanted to read this poem to you folks about. This is called the best poem in the world. World. You'll get a kick out of it. You'll get a kick out of it, and it, and it has to do with not being judgmental. It says, I was shocked, confused, and bewildered as I entered heaven's door, not by the beauty of it all, nor the lights or its decor, but it was the folks in heaven who made me sputter and gasp. The thieves, the liars, the sinners, the alcoholics, and the trash. There stood the kid from seventh grade who swiped my lunch money twice. Next to him was my old neighbor who never said anything nice. Bob, not the Bob we just talked to, Bob, who I always thought was rotting away in hell, was sitting pretty on cloud nine, looking incredibly well. I nudged Jesus. Jesus, what's the deal? I would love to hear your take. How did all these sinners get up here? God must have made a mistake. And why is everyone so quiet, so somber? Give me a clue. Hush, child, he said. They're all in shock. No one thought they'd be seeing you.
<laughs> I, I, with all my heart, I love that poem. It is called the best poem in the world, and I, I, I've always, it, it's good to take it out every now and then, Soapy Dollar, and read it. That no one, we're, we're all going to be there. It's going to be a surprise to somebody. Yeah. And uh, I think Franklin, are you still on? I think you had wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, meaning of taking up your cross. Yeah, and Franklin, did you want to take a shot at that? I think maybe we lost Franklin, but he okay. is our. The song says we've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. Hi, oh, I'm we're in a, in talking about our Save the Children campaign this month. We're hoping to save 100 children's lives. Oh, we're already out. <laughs> closer every day, but we have to hit that goal, and you can be a part of it. So what I want to see happen is between oh, now sorry. and the end. Is it possible to run the outro? We're going to get that straightened out. We will get our outro going. Franklin, I'll give you a call about your prize, folks. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Bible Live this evening. We're so glad to be with you. Next week, we'll be fitted, this coming week, we'll finish up the Gospel of Luke and we'll be headed back to the books of First and Second Samuel. Go to our website, thebiblelive.com, and you can hear the, all of our readings for this coming week. Of course, you can go back and hear past readings as well. Any part of the Bible you want to hear, actually. Uh, but we'll be first and second Samuel, and we'll be back next week with more with Stacy yeah. and Soapy and the Bible Live broadcast. So grateful for you being here. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The, the Bible, Bible Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Like the song says...